Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Jodon Baker, and this is the Small Town Hunter Podcast. And today, we are at the wonderful Bennett Oak Creek Ranch near San Angelo, Texas, visiting with Barry Bennett uh, about everything that goes on around the ranch, you know, how they do things and all that. Uh, well, we are all here to do a women's only axis hunt. So uh, sit down and enjoy the, the wonderful conversation that we got to have with Barry. All right, Barry, thanks for joining me today. Um, we are sitting at the, the dining room table here at the ranch, and it is, well, it looks like it's raining again out there now. Um, Zach and his wife and daughter and their son have come up here to the ranch, and I brought my wife, and this is an all-ladies axis hunt, and we're trying to get some axis shot, and it ain't working out so far. But the rain, we had a thunder, a tornado warning this morning, Lightning storm, it's been crazy. It has been crazy. It, it's it's really taken a lot of our hunting time away from us. That's okay. Um, we got a chance to get out in the blind after the rain left and all that. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's it's fun just to get away and, and sit in the blind and right. enjoy some time away. Yeah, for sure. we enjoy having y'all. And uh, uh, when you talk about an, an all-lady hunt, we, we really enjoy that. We like hunting with the children. And uh, we've had several uh, hunters this year that have had their first, whether it was a first white-tailed buck or white first axis, first turkey. And uh, we've, we've had a ball doing that with, uh, with young people and old people that have taken their, their first deer or whatever. Does that mean more to you? Like whenever somebody says, oh, this is my it's first special. whatever? I don't know it's any more, but it is special. Yeah. It really is, especially when the young ones. I think the youngest one so far this year has been seven years old. And... Uh, was that the little kid that I seen pictures of on Facebook? Yes, that uh, the uh, Barrett Mustin yeah. took a uh, fourteen points, scored one hundred and fifty one, uh, first buck ever. He had killed a doe before. He's run. Oh yeah, his <laughs> his dad's gonna have trouble with him now. Yeah, for sure. Hey, uh, why don't you tell anybody that might be listening about Bennett Oak Creek Ranch, what you guys do here, and all that kind of okay, stuff? Okay, well, I'm I'm Barry Bennett, and. Uh, I'm the manager here at Bedded Oak Creek Ranch. My brother, Bodie, and his wife, Wanda, bought this ranch in the fall of 2016. So we haven't been here very long, but we've got three whitetail seasons behind us. And uh, it's, it's gotten better every year. And uh, it's a 474-acre high-fence ranch, but it is all uh, pasture-bred, pasture-raised. There's no breeding pens. There's, there's no turned-out deer. Uh, when my brother bought the ranch, there were uh, a handful of bucks that had that had been bought earlier and turned out that had tags, and there's only one of those left on the ranch right now. Everything else other than that one was born on this ranch. Well, I know whenever you come here and you sit in a blind or, or you know, you see deer or whatever, they don't look like freak nasty 500-inch non-typical. You see a lot of places. Uh, a lot of these deer, the frame that you see, it, like they look like, just really good, solid native whitetails that have been able to get to their full potential. And right, the the genetics that have been put in this eye fence, you know, previous to us, are uh, they're going for the mainframe, uh, good quality. But you got a bunch uh, of those typical type uh, deer. There's some that's got a little hooks on them, a couple of drop tines. Uh, but yeah, uh, like this past season, we did not shoot a deer over 200 inches. But we had five over 190. Yeah. 
and a good typical which is good looking bucks oh yeah there's great deer and uh, the the hunters that have uh, that's one thing we, we have can lay to claim i think this year is that everybody that's hunted with us in the past wants to come back again oh yeah i uh, haven't had anybody that hasn't tried to at least uh, rebook again and we're still discussing with some but anyway the uh uh, that's I think that's a selling point because they like the deer that we have. Yeah. And, uh, of course, we feed them protein and have the corn feeders out. This uh, ranch has got a, it's it's real thick brush. Oh yeah. And uh, so it's easy for the deer to hide from us. The, Mesquite, the, cactus, you name it. Cedar. Uh, yeah, it's there. We we're uh, got us a little brush control machine that I'm anxious to get to. When that we thing's get a bad the, dude turkey season this year we're going to get out there and clear some some, some cinderas and open a little bit up we're not going to open much up but we are going to open a little bit up so that uh, maybe we can do a little bit more spot and stalk right now we're pretty well uh, reserved to uh setting in blinds and waiting for them to come to feeders just yeah. you, you just can't hardly hunt this country any other way but we're going to try to change that where we can do a little spot and stalking maybe see them cross the cindera get in front of them things like that right what uh what what all species do you manage here? I know that you know we, you guys have whitetail and axis. Uh, are you up for anything else? Or? You know we're, we're really not being as small as it is. We uh, we really don't need any more mouths on the yeah, ground to keep, to keep the numbers right. Uh, we have to really work hard on the axis. Everybody knows that they can uh, uh, they breed so prolific that you have to stay on top of them, keep your numbers down. And of course, we want to stress our, our management towards whitetail mm -hmm. and any other species you might add out here. Uh, it, there's a good possibility it's going to reduce the number of whitetail we can uh, keep. So, we're going to try to keep five generations of deer on the ranch, which means we don't have very many of those big trophies yeah. that, that reach that five and a half, you know, every year. Well, you talked about repeat customers. I think, yeah, the deer, like, oh yeah, we come to a blind and we see these awesome deer is part of it. But what you and Bodie, your brother, and your son-in-laws, Cody and Doug, what right. they offer as guides and what you guys offer as a service and how you make people feel. Like, you and I, I, I met you a few years ago whenever you guys decided to host a Patriot Hunt, which for those of you who don't know is a, an organization that takes combat-wounded veterans on hunting and fishing trips across the country. Ken Bernard with Patriot Hunt said, hey, we got this deal in Texas, these guys two brothers got a ranch in texas what do you think you want to go down and film and i'm like yeah i'd love to well i beat those guys here because they were flying in and i didn't know you guys from adam but 10 minutes here you know i just automatically became friends with everybody and you guys have welcomed me into your family into your home and to the ranch as part as part of the crew and I, I really enjoy that. Like, I love coming here. Yeah, Joe Don, you're family now. You know, we, you've been around, you know, with us several times. I know we've, uh, we've actually done two of the Patriot hunts, and you've come and filmed both of those. Mm -hmm. It's been great. That, uh, You know, Ken Bernard and what he does for the veterans, uh, people can't give him enough accolades. He is so uh, Well, he good does it for the right does. reasons, too. And, and, and exactly the right reason. We're so proud to be a, a very small part of what Patriot Hunts does, you know, and, uh, you know, that's one of the most mean meaningful things we have done uh, in years, to be honest with you, and yeah. we're certainly going to continue doing it. It's pretty uh, cool. And, and the veterans that have been here are just the best people in the world, and and uh, uh, Trevor Peterson, and then uh, uh, Gerald from last year, you know, we just, 
when, when we come, we just have a ball. We, we, they, they take a nice deer, and but that's not what it's all about. It's all about getting to, to know these guys and know what. We can't even come close to, to really knowing what these men have, and ladies in the service have given up for us. Yeah. And if we can do one little small thing for them back, you know, that's that's all we can do. It's awesome. It is. And I'm glad to just be a small part of it, just to come down and film a little bit and help skin or drag. Yeah. or I know you guys were giving me a hard time last year because I was doing my job filming. Yeah. But I happened to, it happened to have come seven inches of rain that week. And everything was covered in mud, yeah. and I, I, I didn't get muddy because I was filming. Yeah, I remember. And, and Bodie was giving me a hard time because he's, my yeah, boots were too clean. I remember you were the only one out of everybody around <laughs> there that had a clean pair of boots. Everybody uh, else had been wading in mud. Up and y'all never let me live that down the rest <laughs> no, of the week. No, no, you, you're, you're Mr. Clean Boot yeah. now. But, you must have just got them boots are too clean. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, we... we that was, that was a good hunt. Uh, Gerald made a, a good shot. That deer dropped in the mud. Matter yeah. of fact, he dropped so straight down. The the mud that was so thick underneath that feeder, the mud splashed all the way up and got on the side of the feeder. It was a barrel feeder standing on about oh, eight, I eight didn't foot legs. Yeah, it, it went all the way up. Your film showed it if you look real close. Yeah, because I down, filmed it in slow-mo, and you can see that. I didn't know it went up, though, yeah, not it, on the feeder. Yeah, it went that out. That's but crazy. anyway, it... That, that was that was great, but yeah, we we you know everybody that's come here, uh, you know, we just meet have, new we, people all we, the time. It's fun the anyway. Best people we really have. All the hunters that we have had, we're glad to have them come back. Uh, you know, we when we was getting into this uh, guided style hunting, we've been involved in hunting since back in 1966. I hate to give away my age that away, <laughs> but I, I I did my first guided hunt in 1966. Wow. And I was... You I was, were guiding someone on a... I, right. I was... And the man was from Arizona, as a matter of fact. It was out at the big ranch out west. We've got another ranch out there. And uh, I was a big teenager. For deer? And a, a mule deer. We was hunting mule deer. But uh, anyway, I've been doing it a long time. And I, of course, I haven't done it, done it consistently for all of those years, but off and on. And uh, now then, this, this ranch allows us to do a, a pure... You know, one-on-one -on -one guided hunt. That's that's the only way An we're experience. going to do a whitetail. And, uh, and I'm enjoying it. I, yeah. uh, you know, physically, I hope I can do it for a bunch more years. We'll, we'll wait and see. But like you said, we've, I've got two great son-in-laws that's coming in and, um, and helping me guide, helping me skin, uh, do a lot of the work, and uh, uh, helping me feed. I mean, those those guys, I can't. It's I, a lot I of work. I couldn't do it without it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Checking cameras, filling feeders. Yeah, we fill work. feeders, uh, protein year round. You know, I, 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 I tell people in the, in the uh, when the deer are really on the feed, you know, we spend two days a week feeding. That, that's all we do, it's just really? two days. And then I always try to get in the blinds, you know, uh, before hunters come at least a couple times, kind of get a little intel on, on what we might be able to do for them. And yeah. uh, my, my goal is to be as knowledgeable about the deer that's on this ranch before the hunter comes sure. that, that makes them have a more pleasant hunt when they do get here. Yeah. It takes time. It does. Well, I'm sure it's a learning curve, you know, from when you guys started and to now and, and all that. It is. There's no doubt, you know, not ever being in a, in a high fence, one-on-one -on -one guided situation like we are now. Uh, we've heard all kinds of stories. We, we've read all we could read about it. we met yeah. some great friends in the same industry. And uh, you, you hear a lot of horror stories about uh, some of the hunters that you might get on the place and what might take place and this, that, and the Bad other. Bad apples. So far, we have not experienced any of that. It has all been great. The people. What's been your favorite out. part of 
running an operation like this? I think meeting the people and really? uh, uh, in, in learning about the uh, wildlife itself. You know, I've always had a, a pretty good understanding, but when, uh, when you're in a situation like this, I'm spending so much more time with the feeding and the and the uh, setting in blinds, watching their habits, uh, learning, learning all the time. Uh, I, I I really enjoy that part, but but I like meeting new people too, especially the kind of people we've been getting here. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I know that you guys, you know, you you do what you can with you know the amount of bucks that you have that are mature because you guys don't want to harvest anything that's immature no, because of your management yeah, plan sometimes it's hard to have a hunter in the blind with and you're sitting there looking at a 180 and they say i want to take that deer and i said well, it's three it's three whatever. and a half year old deer sir we we can't do that or ma'am yeah. <laughs> and uh, that that's and i always like the looks on their face when they when i tell them that and they're not able to uh, uh you know, do what they want to do. Because that's possibly the but, largest deer they've ever right. seen in their and life. And then that mature buck walks in. Yeah. I mean, you see their face when you say, no, not yet. Yeah. And then that large one comes in, the good mature buck. And then there's invariably they'll say, oh, thank you for not letting me take that other. I said, yeah. well, you wasn't going to take it anyway. Yeah. You know, but, but if you yeah, did, I, we were going to have problems. Yeah, I, I knew what was, what yeah. was hopefully was going to show up there and knew that they'd be happier with that than the one that they were even looking at. So what do you guys have in the works for the future for Bennett Oak Creek? Like, where do you guys see yourself uh, next season or two seasons from now or five? Or, okay. Like, what are your long-term goals? You know, the long-term goals is for, uh, uh, you know, we, we there's not a whole lot more we can do than what we're doing. The uh, best thing I can say is that we're probably, uh, I see in the near future, which will probably be tomorrow, trying to inject some uh, new genetics into the herd you know you can you said probably tomorrow uh, no uh, next year oh did I, did I say tomorrow yeah i'm like I, sweet uh, no no it, it'd probably be next year uh you know being as small as we are it's kind of hard to generate enough revenue yeah. to to do what we need to do but at the same time you know we've raised cattle and sheep our entire lives so we know what it takes in order to uh keep the uh the the genetics in the deer or the wildlife or, or the livestock, whatever it may be, you have to interject n new blood into the system. How uh, many deer are you thinking? We'll, we'll, we'll just have to count what we have. Yeah. It may be that uh, I, I call, if we're going to do it next year, I, I can see us taking our mature deer and maybe culling a little deeper in just our cull deer that we've had a few we have to take every year in order to replace them because we, we can't really add any more mouths to the place because it's not big enough. Sure. At the same time, we need the genetics. So, so we like, have to are you thinking four or five bucks? Four or, or five at a time, I'm sure, is yeah. going to be the So you would have to kill four or five more than what you normally would to, to exactly. even that out? Exactly. I got gotcha. you. Exactly. Even like this last year, sure, you, you always have a few cull bucks. You know, you may have a three-and-a-half or four-and-a-half-year-old deer out there that's just not like the other three-and-a-half, yeah. four-year-old year old deer but at the same time you know it's a choice that we have to make and, uh, and you, you know we just do it so far we haven't had one or two what most people in most ranches would call a management deer yeah and that would be like a mature five and a half year old six and a half year point. old deer that's an eight point yeah you know we just haven't had but one or two of those gerald and, killed and a nice it. eight point last year he did he did i don't know what and, that deer aged I, I don't think that deer was but four and a half years oh, old. Really? Yeah, I, but he was one of the biggest bodied deer he we had huge. on the ranch. I can't remember, 240, uh, I think it was 240 something. 
uh, that he weighed. I've got it with the guts in him. Uh, yeah, that's a live weight. Yeah, sure. And uh, do you remember what that deer scored? Did you ever score him? A hundred and. 48, I believe. So 150 inch yeah, 100, eight point. 150 that weighed 240 inch. something on yeah, the Yeah, weighed hook. 240, yeah. A huge deer. Yeah, yeah huge Great deer. deer to take, you for bet. sure. And, uh, you know, it, we could have had him on the place another year, see what he'd do, but, you know, a four and a half year old deer like that. Do you remember him from point. last year? Did he, he was an eight point the year before. He was, so yeah, he, he probably was, wasn't yeah, going to do that's, much That's the reason when, when, when we knew that he was, uh, Gerald was coming, that Patriot Hunts was uh, coming with a veteran. We didn't really know it was Gerald time. I already had that deer kind of picked out after yeah. they uh, were, were shedding their velvet. I looked at him and said, okay, I know that deer from last year. He hasn't changed a whole lot from last year. And uh, Now, I remember so another big eight-point you guys had the year before, but y'all found him dead or we something, found, didn't you? We found him dead. He had I, uh, three broke ribs. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he Fighting. died from right. Yeah, that was a big, massive eight-point. That would have been As a matter of fact, that would have been Gerald's buck. The next year, had he not died, yeah. you know, that summer. You would have gave that one in the summer. Or really. chose that one yeah. for him to take. Yeah, I'm sure. Then we'd have had two eight points. So, take, but. what I find interesting is, I remember you were telling me one time, you know, we, you and I have sat around and talked a bunch about, uh, you know, the state of Texas, how they do their, you know, uh, MLD program. And they come in, sometimes they do the survey, sometimes you guys do the survey, okay. and they tell you, you know, your suggested amount of bucks or does you need to take off the place. I was completely uneducated on that because being from Oklahoma, we don't have that. Right. So if there's anybody that, you know, could you educate me or somebody else on, on that kind well, of process? Well, in order to be a part of the, the MLD program with Texas Parks and Wildlife, uh, there's actually two two ways you do it now. They have the, uh, the uh, har- harvest method to get the permits, and then you have the conservation. We're on the conservation side. They used to call them tier one, tier two, uh, but that's just changed a couple of so years So what's the ago. difference between the hunting Okay, and the-, the harvest one is they simply, they being the Parks and Wildlife, will uh, take an average, uh, I'm going to say population of deer for your area, wherever this ranch may be, and they will... Per county uh, or square miles or... You know, I don't know what their criteria is, if it's on the county, if it's a region, uh Likely it's a region, but I don't know. I got you. Uh, but they'll come in and say, okay, based on what's typical in your area, you should need to harvest this many bucks. And we're talking about the whitetail now, not yeah. necessarily axis, because all they do the MLD on is the whitetail deer and the mule deer. They also have it for mule deer oh, really? for, for out west and up north, yes. But, uh, and, and you just conform to their uh, suggestions, which are, uh, if you want to stay on the MLD, you need to stay real close to their suggestions. And, but now on the conservation level, uh, which is what we're on, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a multifaceted uh, area where we have to, uh, and not have to, we want to, uh, uh, do a certain amount of brush control, provide water, uh, uh, control the habitat to the best we can. So that we Habitat can, management. Yeah, 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 that's exactly what it is. And they have certain criteria, certain things that they want to see done. And uh, we have to uh, perform, complete so many of of, of the uh, you have different a ones. Di- that yeah, you... different ones that, that they suggest. And uh, then they, we, the local biologist from Texas Parks and Wildlife, he's the one that we turn our reports into, and we say, okay, this is what we've done, this is what we've completed, and we have a wildlife plan uh, that we did originally when we first set out that said, okay, this is our plan. We're going to try to conform to this plan. A long-term goal type of deal? A long-term goal, exactly, and so every year we turn in a report, it's, you know, showing 
that biologist, you know, here he can compare that back to our long-term plan and see if we're veering off of it, see if, it, you know. And was it, that the same guy that was running things for the people that you bought the ranch from? I think so. Uh, John McEachern is okay. our local biologist, and John's been a, a, a great asset for us. He answers his phone nearly any time I call him. And uh, So they make uh, suggestions off of... Uh, a biological count that you guys do, right? Right. We do the census count on the wildlife, and I, I turn in a census count uh, for him, uh, uh, for our ranch to him, and it's on the, I do it on the whitetail and the axis because they're, they're both... They're both feeding off of the habitat. It, exactly. Even though they're not directly in competition, they are to a certain degree. Gotcha. So uh, I turn that into him, then he'll come back with suggestions on uh, what he thinks we need to do, but then he leaves it up to me as to uh, the age groups, uh, you know, uh, so he doesn't what we're going to take. Make he, he you do a yeah, six-year-and-a-half-year-old. Right. He doesn't come you. in and say, you need to take, you know, four mature bucks and, and, and four four-and-a-half-year-olds and four three-and-a-half, you know, oh. anything like that. He just says, you know, you need to take 15 bucks off okay. this place. And then it's up to me, you know, to uh, look at our mature bucks, which ones we want to take, the cull bucks. If we got a so if he says 15 and those – they give you the tags, right? Right. Like Texas has the tear-off tags if for hunting other places that are not MLD. Right. And they don't have to use those tags if they have them come here, right? Right. Anybody that hunts So what on- happens if you got, like, say he says you got to kill 15 bucks, Barry, and right. you, you guys kill 16. Is that That's, illegal? It, it's not illegal. Because they can to, use their tear tag I for that, I only have right? 15 permits. But if somebody had one to use, they so could. If somebody had a tag okay. off of their Texas uh, hunting license. Texas Parks they, and Wildlife they, they, issue they That hasn't been a case with us. We have either uh, harvested exactly what he said or one or two less. And it's like John told me. He said, well, it's a suggestion. He said, Barry, you know that herd of deer better than I do. Sure. And, and he said, you know, this is a suggestion based on what you told me. And uh, we need to make sure we stay close to well, that. Ginger and I were talking about that in the stand and, this morning. And we were, uh, we have uh, been, uh, ever since we've been here, and it was that way when my brother and his wife acquired the ranch, uh, that it was a one-to-one buck-to-doe ratio. And uh, so since we're doing the MLD tags, what we do is, like this year, we kill 14 bucks. He recommended 15. We kill 14, but we also kill 14 does. Yeah. So we, we kept the same number of does harvested as, as the bucks. And hopefully, and fawns are born one-to-one, right, generally? Generally, you know, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to say. Uh, I, you know, everybody's got their ideas about, about how it works. I, I recently I went to a seminar, sat through a little short seminar about that, and the way I understood that man, and he's got 40-some-odd years in, in wildlife. Dr. Deer or whatever? Dr. Deer, yeah. exactly. That's who I was sitting and listening to. And if I heard him right, I think he said the uh, the older deer are more likely to have twins. The, talking about the older does, when they have fawns, experience, they're, they're more likely to have twins. But the younger does are more likely to have bucks. So when you're culling your does to get your numbers sure. right, you need to keep that in mind too. If you're trying to keep a one to one, and you've killed. 14 bucks and 14 You need to does. kill 14 old you, does. You may not need to have Or seven those. old and seven young, maybe? Exactly. You don't need to kill, uh, you know, you need to kill more of the older does 
so that you don't get an influx of, with a larger amount of does than gotcha. bucks or more deer on the ranch. Now, if you're in an area where you're trying to increase your deer herd, you probably want to leave your old does because yeah. you're likely to be able to... to uh, if you're well enough. under your carrying capacity, exactly. might as well exactly. keep the old ones... It's, it's a management, uh, you know, uh, suggestion from the, from Doctor Deer. He, and, you know, the it's a game that's always changing. Yeah, and it, and it, and you got to be flexible. That's one thing John told me whenever we were uh, first setting this up. He said, you know, this is going to change year to year. Droughts, uh, heavy rains, you know, all kinds of things can change what our wildlife plan is mm -hmm. and what we're trying to do each year. And uh, a lot of truth to that. It changes not only on a year to year basis. It changes month to month. For sure, just like you know. You've been checking cameras, and there were axes all over the place, you know, a month ago. And we've seen some. Yeah. We just hadn't seen the right ones, you know. And As soon as this browse really started putting out green stuff, they quit our, our protein. They quit our corn. You know, I, I was uh, I was going to leave the corn feeders going until after turkey season. But we had turkey hunters coming, and as soon as turkey season is, is done, which we're going to have one more turkey hunt left, uh, I'm going to cut the corn feeders off and just stay with the protein, and then I'll turn the corn back on probably late August, something like that. And then uh, but we feed the protein up until, I'm going to say, around the 1st of September, and then we cut the protein off. There's no sense. I mean, there is sense, I guess, but if yeah. you're trying to put on antler, as they're we, not growing anything after as that. As long as we have browse to keep them healthy, that's going to be the key. Yeah. And that's what has happened. We had such a really good winter, even though it's been dry here recently. We had such a good winter. The browse it's putting on out there right now, that fresh green leaves those deer are chasing, uh, you know, they're just not eating the protein or the corn. Sure. There's corn left under every corn feeder now. For, yeah. and, I, and I've cut the corn about in half from what I was feeding them, say, two months ago. Yeah. I, I was sitting in the blind uh, three days ago and uh, doing a little scouting for this axis hunt that's going on. And the uh, uh, axis went across behind the feeder, never did even come close to the feeder. And I was sitting in the blind looking at the feeder, but I could see them in the back. They're the weird creatures. And everyone that come by underneath this live oak tree got up on their hind legs and was up there browsing on those leaves on that live oak. And I said, well, you know, there's right there's a reason they're not coming to the corn and the mm -hmm. protein because they've got something better right over there. Well, this part of Texas going. doesn't get super cold, right? It doesn't. We, we so don't, they, they're not, not they're not suffering a hard winter like a lot of places are where they're having to really struggle to find food and right. keep their body fat on them. Every, everything's relative. To, to us, it's cold here, but I know from people from Oklahoma, it's not cold here. Or even, you know, you know Minnesota or oh, Nebraska, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, we have a big snow. Two-inch snow is a big snow for us. I have seen one ten-inch snow. I, I was born in San Angelo, which the, the ranch is 20 miles north of San Angelo. We was really raised, on, me and my brothers raised at a ranch out in south of Rankin. So, yeah, we, we, we've been in West Texas our entire lives. And uh, so uh, the, the weather, we, we understand that it can change, well, hourly, sure. as we saw this morning. Yeah. <laughs> It went from, oh, it might rain, to holy yeah. crap, we need to get back to the house. Yeah. It's lightning and thundering and tornado not, warning. I did not think that that storm was it going turned to make, cool make today it too. We was watching the radar. It did get cold. And we drove out there to the blind. And, and well, I, I told you and, and Ginger this morning, I said, I'm not putting you on that blind. That cloud yeah. is, is coming right at us. And I don't think I no more got that out of my mouth. And Darn if the, the telephone didn't put a, a tornado warning yeah. out to us. Not so, even a watch. Yeah, not even a watch. It was a warning. So, 
Which yeah, tornado warnings to us Okies are like guidelines anyway. Right. It's like, right. eh. Yeah. <laughs> well, and sure enough, you know, I was more afraid. Of course, you had got to be afraid of a tornado, but I was more afraid of hail. And uh, yeah, that's true. sure enough, when we got back here to the bunkhouse, that we did have a little pea-sized hail. Yeah. It wasn't too bad, too bad, but uh, enough to worry us about putting our trucks under the under the awning right. and stuff for sure. Um, I noticed that uh, so far we've eaten pretty good. Yes, we have. We got we got little little Bill, as they call him, little, in here cooking little for Bill us. Little Bill, the entertainer. He's he's here cooking for us today, and we got a pretty good variety of uh, pastry and and uh, sausage, and I think we had some burgers. I know we're going to have some steak tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's 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 been good. Little little Bill does a good job for us. I know that you you we mentioned Cody earlier, and your other son-in-law Doug. They both do a lot to help you, yes. you know, take care of the, the customers out here and take care of some things daily on the ranch and things like that. I think it's awesome when people can do stuff like that, either with friends or family members, you know, and, and really get in there and help each other. And I think that's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's it's really good. Doug and, and Cody's always a big help. We we all share in a lot of the same interest. Uh, we we get in these varmint contests. Uh, Which I hunted with you guys in this we, year. We got Joe Don to come down. First time ever here. to yeah. fox hunt, to hunt at night, to hunt with electronic call. Like, it was a ton of first. Yeah. High rack in the picture. High rack, first time for that. Yeah. The and, fog moved and, in. And, and we didn't get to hunt as long as we wanted to because the fog moved in and shut us down. Well, I, you know, that's we part to... of the reason. <laughs> the other part is because somebody put a bullet hole and the electronic call. You know, but you know when that happened. I'm not going to name any names. It it did not <laughs> it did not stop us from hunting. If no. You, if you remember what I said was to the young guys, I said, you know, now then we go old school. Yeah. Y'all get your mouth calls out. And we out, did. And we continued calling animals. We know, called we a few fox in after that. fox in until the fog shut us down. You know, it doesn't hurt to put that e-collar away for a little while and do it the way we get used back to. to your roots yeah, absolutely and they still works yeah i had a good time yeah um those fox are beautiful and i know that y'all got a ton of them out there yeah. especially on your livestock you know your your newborn calves and stuff right. out there Cows, you gotta cats. keep your predators in check you gotta keep in check matter of fact uh, cody was sitting uh, with one of the uh, uh, Erica, the access hunter, this morning, they saw a coyote uh, on this ranch, which we've seen sign and seen coyotes here before. I seen and, a track whenever we was coming through the food right, plot. We have way too much sign here. Matter of fact, we had access hunters here probably been a month ago, and uh, 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 the the granddad of that bunch he shot a bobcat uh, middle of the afternoon, and uh, wow. I, I got to mention this because the cat run up in a cedar. He's about maybe 50, 60 yards away from us. And he couldn't see him, and I said, that cat's right there, shoot him. He, he got in the tree? He, he, well, no, he wasn't in it. He was, oh. he was on the ground, but behind the tree, but you could see him through the tree. Oh. And uh, I said, he's right there, and he said, I can't see him. I said, well, as soon as you see him, well, the cat ran. And when he ran directly away from us, I said, shoot him. And he shot that bobcat in the back of the head, running dead away from us. And I walked over and picked it up, and I picked up my uh, uh, rangefinder. And the pickup before I walked over and got it. And from the spot I picked him up back to the pickup was 85 yards. And he shot that running. running dead away from us and back of the head. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'm not going to let Mr. Uh, Smart uh, re- forget that one. I don't think he'll forget it anyway. That's awesome. Well, Barry, uh, tell people how they can get a hold of, hold of you guys to, to either check out what you're doing, yeah. book a hunt, all that kind of stuff. How okay. can they get a hold of you? The uh, – 
of course, we, we've got our website. My, talking about a, a family affair, my Cody's uh, wife, which is my youngest daughter, she handles uh, all of our graphics and everything on our website. She's got it set up for us. And uh, you can go there. That's uh, BennettOakCreekRanch.com. And uh, you can see a lot of our uh, events that we have going on. You know, I, I try to put uh, success stories on there, a lot of photographs. Uh, tells you a lot about the ranch there. Uh, we've got a Facebook account, Bennett Oak Creek Ranch. Uh, you can find us there. And then uh, you can call me at 325-234-7778. That's my cell number. And, uh, the man, the myth, the legend just yeah. gave his phone number out right there. <laughs> and if and if uh, I don't answer it right then, it's usually because I'm in a blind and I've got it either cut way down or cut off. But I always return calls. Yeah. So uh, and whenever you talk to Barry on the phone, yell at him because he can't keep can't hear thunder. That's that's <laughs> however many years that added up to of, of hunting with uh, out ear protection. Yeah. Uh, that, that if I could could leave anybody in the in the, in the younger generation that loves to hunt, shoot or whatever, use that ear protection. I'm I'm a uh, perfect example you don't want to get like me at as young as i am not be able to hear anything yeah well cool barry what is our plan for this afternoon what are you thinking we're going to do today? i think we're going to go take some axes i really do i'm i'm, I'm I still thinking about how me we're and going some to guys came back up here in august for a doe hunt and before we left you said okay i'm getting my flashlight josh is going to shoot an axis and he's going to run 55 yards from the feeder <laughs> through a little bit of brush are you gonna Are you gonna predict anything like that? No, tonight? no. The weather The weather's got uh, it, things unpredictable right now at best. That that little storm session that come through this morning, that lightning and all. Uh, I I think as soon as that subsided, we had a lot of deer movement because we were seeing quite a bit. I just don't know what it's going to do this afternoon. I yeah. I hope that it's going to be good. I hope that uh, some of what I was seeing uh, before uh, everybody got here uh, go back. They, they go back to to their. Uh, the, the regular rounds and, and show up where I think they're going to show up, they don't have to. Yeah. Uh, they're so we're, they're we're, weird creatures. You know, uh, the, the best way I can say it is we're going to go out there and we're going to hope that they come to where we're at. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Barry, thanks again for, for sitting down with me and telling everybody. Barry Bennett, Bennett Oak Creek Ranch. So if you get a chance, check them out. Facebook, website. You guys don't have Instagram and things like that, no, right? No, Facebook's far as we go. And, okay. And, and it's my technology uh, experience. Where I feel grateful to be able to even do Facebook. Yeah. So check them out on Facebook or the website, uh, Bennett Oak Creek Ranch. Google it. Find them. You won't be disappointed.